welcome in to the Get Your Happy On Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Your Happy On Hour. I'm your host, Ricky C. Simmons on 93.7 The Ticket. You know, I got to give a big shout out, um, and I need, Austin, I need your help for a second. I need to give a big shout out to Kiwanis Club, and Kiwanis, thanks again for allowing me the opportunity to speak, and also, I appreciate you guys sponsoring my show. How can people get involved with Kiwanis, Austin? The easiest way is lincolnkiwanis.org, K-I-W-A-N-I-S is how you spell Kiwanis. All sorts of things to do. There's a guest tab. There's a members tab that lets you know how to become a member. Yeah, lincolnkiwanis.org. That's probably the best way, Ricky. Okay, okay. Well, look, uh, I also want to give a big shout out to everybody that's taking time to join the Get Your Happy On movement on my web, going through my website, purchasing stuff. And I, I appreciate it when you take a picture and post it and tag me in it, you know, so I know you getting your happy on. You know, I, uh, I've i had a very, very interesting week, uh, and I just want to share something with you before we get started and get to my guests. You know, I uh, I see what everybody else see in society. I try my best to uh, focus on nothing but the positive. But I also notice that uh, negativity, man, is it's really got a it's getting way too much credit. And I I want to say this as much as, as often as I can that I want everyone I want you to challenge yourselves to be just be positive for for yourselves. You know. Uh, I got this thing called positive mental attitude, and one of them is treat people the way you want to be treated, but do not expect it in return. Because when you expect it in return and you don't receive it, then that makes it easy for you to be negative as well. So just keep in mind, we live in a takedown society. That's my personal opinion. And I I want to do everything I can to put positive out there. And being positive Please understand what I'm about to say. Being positive is not easy. It takes a lot of effort, and it takes a lot of dedication. I know I've been accused of making it look easy, but it really isn't as easy as I make it look. I work really hard at being positive. Because like I said, I live in the same world that you live in, and I see the same things. With that being said, a positive person is my guest tonight. And I'll be real honest with y'all. I'm going to get educated, too, because I know this young man, but I don't know him like, I, like I'm going to know him. So, welcome, T.J. McDowell, to the show, man. Thank you, Ricky. I'm super excited to be here. Well, man, I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your busy day because everybody's going to figure out that you're a really busy person. But you took out some time to be here with me, so... You know I'm going to start asking questions. so we well, just And I want you to know, I normally go to bed about 8.30. What? Yeah, and well, so this is a big sacrifice. Uh, I, I get up hey, at 4.45 in the morning. Hey, look, man, look, look, look. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. I understand it, so I'm going to make it worth your while. I did it because you asked me. Man, look at it. He's going to make me feel like somebody, man. <laughs> TJ, tell, tell everybody where you grew up, man. Well, Ricky, I'm, I'm a homeboy. Oh, you're a homeboy. I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska. Ah. 3129 Dudley Street. When people what? ask me where I'm from, I say I'm from 3129 Dudley Street. <laughs> and you got a necklace to prove that, I right? I got a necklace to prove it. That's, <laughs> how, that's how much I love where I'm from. Hey, well, now, growing up in Lincoln, man, tell me tell me about your upbringing, man. Uh, well, you know, I, I grew up um, at 3129 Dudley, and I, I had a very interesting upbringing because my dad is black and my mom is white. Okay. And... 
my parents got married in 1971 until 1967 it was illegal for blacks and whites to marry oh wow so i'm i'm growing up in a in an environment where it's mostly white people and i'm in this weird because my dad's black my mom's white uh, and so it, it made for some interesting conversations. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. But growing up in Lincoln was great. I, I loved growing up in Lincoln. <laughs> of course, I, I've been here my whole life, so I'm not, I don't have anything to compare it to. But I got a great education. I've had a, a phenomenal career. I've been able to do some amazing things, and I've done it all in my city and for my city. Well, let me ask you this. Um, you grew up in Lincoln, and you went to what high school? I went to Lincoln High. Man, there's, there's no other high school. What? Lincoln High, class of 1990. Uh, there ain't no other know, high school in Lincoln. I already knew that was coming. That yeah. was, I, I just had to let you say it. Yeah, man. But you know what? I got a lot of love for Lincoln High because they've shown a lot of love to me. So Yeah, I, I, lo- no- I love Lincoln High. And it was it was such a significant, I look back on why I love it so much and because of the opportunities I got there mm-hmm. to grow and to learn. And, and a big part of that was I learned to to be comfortable with differences. Gotcha. Because there was so much diversity in that school, I got comfortable being around people who were from other countries who had more money than I did, had less money than I did, all of that. So I, I became really comfortable communicating and collaborating across differences. Well, you know, growing up in Lincoln, under those conditions, man, I know it was a challenge. Yeah. But, you know, the one thing that I, I admire about you before we get further into your story is, dude, you you made it. Yeah. You know, I mean, no offense before I say this, but right. a lot of people, yeah. and I'm pretty sure you know some oh, of them, yeah. that, that didn't come out on the other side as uh, productive yeah. as you did. Yeah. So, uh, now, right after high school, did you go, what did you do? You go to college? or Yeah, I went to, I went to Nebraska Wesleyan. Nebraska Wesleyan, and, okay. Uh, I, I got to be honest, so I grew up wanting to be a Husker. Okay. You know, I love the Huskers. I I could hear the Husker home games. When, when the Huskers scored a touchdown at home games, I could hear them from my house. <laughs> I grew up, I ain't going to lie, when, when we lost the Orange Bowl, <laughs> at the end of the game, I'm 11 years old, 12 years old, I cried. I got you. Yeah, man, I love well, the Well, I don't Huskers think you was the only one crying. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I went to Nebraska Western, and uh, it was a small school, and I had the opportunity. I, I played football for a year there, and it was a great education. And, and then that – Going to Nebraska Western just opened up the doors for me professionally that uh, a lot of the jobs I've had since then just I got invited because I did something here and somebody saw and asked me to come do something Well, else. one thing I can say about Nebraska Wesleyan, you got to know what you're doing in that classroom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't play about that. Yeah. It's, very, it's a very great school. It's a great school academically. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen some of the – the people that have attended that school, yeah, and that was one of the things. Well, they that was a one common denominator. Yeah, yeah. Everybody that went to Western, they knew that the books was important. Yeah, so, one of the coolest things that happened to me is I, I this year I was the commencement speaker at the graduation. Oh, and, really? And my daughter was in the class that graduated. Oh, so that was a really <laughs> that was a really special experience to be able to do that uh, for my my you know my alma mater and my daughter's part of the class. Man, that yeah. you know what? That's very rare. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It was very very cool. So, after after you graduated from where, what was what was your first uh, first I would say job that yeah. you? My first job was the lighthouse. The lighthouse. So I worked in lighthouse as a, a community based after school program for middle school and high school kids. Okay. And so I started working there in May of 1991. It opened in June of 90, and I worked there in 2005. I was executive director for about seven, eight years. Oh, wow. And so just working with young people. Okay. Trying to make sure that they was – a lot of what you do and trying to 
put some positivity into them, help them understand the importance of school, and help them help them be the best version of themselves as they could be. You know, a lot of times, you know, we we fault the kids, you know, for things that I'm not real sure they deserve all the credit. I right, mean, right. for for the bad choices or yeah. whatever, because some, you know, there has to be like a role model yeah. in place too. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I, I try to be careful. Yeah. About blaming the kids all the time, and yeah. I'm sure that. Working at the lighthouse, you probably yeah. saw some kids that maybe came from yeah, absolutely situations that weren't favorable. You know, one of the things I, I used to say is that those of us who work with with young people and adults, we we often really good at telling young people what not to do, right? But right. we're not as good at showing them what to do, right? And helping create the opportunity for them to do those things. And so for me, it was all about how do we how do we create these opportunities for them to do some things, and and that was really important. We can't just say no, don't do something. You know, and a, another thing too is when you're doing that, uh, when you're working with the youth, man, it's a sometimes it's not as rewarding, mm-hmm. you know, far as the public is concerned. Yeah. But I think the self satisfaction that you get knowing mm-hmm. that you're actually making an impact and having a difference, making a difference in these kids' lives, I think that that's very important. My my life, because I, I was there for 14 years, I interact with former former lighthouse kids all the time. Oh, I'm wow. constantly, my past constantly crossing with former. And that's why I, I say my family is just really big. Right. My extended adopted family is just really big and very, very diverse. Wow. Because of those th- that time. So you're still in contact with some of them? Oh, yeah, I still see see, see them all the time. Good, good, uh, good. And so, and, and, you know, some of them are doing really well. Right. And, and doing really good things. And so that, that's, that's fun. You know? Got you. Yeah. Now, after you, uh, you say you was there how long? 14 years? 14 years. So what what happened after that? What did you do after that? So I left and I went to work for a foundation called the Community Health Endowment here locally. I did that for a year. And I thought it was going to be really fun to work on the side that was giving money away instead of on the side that was always asking for money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, so I did that for a year and then and then uh, got asked to to be the executive director of the Clyde Malone Community Center. Oh, wow. So okay. I went and was the director of Clyde Malone Community Center for five years. And then um, got recruited to work at the at Lincoln Public Schools on an initiative to increase graduation rates. Okay. And then went to Nebraska Wesleyan, and then went to the University of Nebraska. Um, I went to Nebraska Wesleyan as an assistant dean of students, and when I left, I was a vice president of student affairs. And then I went to the University of Nebraska and was associate as, assistant vice chancellor of student affairs. And then um, March of 2022, the the mayor asked me to lunch and asked me to join her team. Wow. Mm-hmm. So now, all these these jobs that you taken, man, they they were not small time jobs. I mean, no. these were very yeah. demanding type jobs. Yeah, and I have this real this really like grounded philosophy that your best job interview is to do your current job better than anybody else can do it, and gotcha. the next thing will take care of itself. So mo- a lot of the jobs I got, someone asked me, like when I went to work at Nebraska Wesleyan, I met the president for breakfast and. We we kind of talked about what I was going to do over breakfast. Huh? That was part of my interview. Yeah. You went you went to get something to eat. Yeah. And you know, with yeah. a job. I didn't, I didn't realize it was going to be a job interview. So so I, I just always felt, and I'm always telling young people, your, your best job interview is to do your current thing, your current job better than anybody else can do it. If you're in high school, that means you got to be the best student you can be, and the next things will take care of themselves. Man, you know that's that's a very very important. I, I like the way you worded that because yeah. a lot of times we're so busy looking down the, the road yeah, at the next thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're looking down the road because you know there's this big reward yeah. if we can just get yeah. to that. Yeah, you know, but yeah, but if you don't take care of what's going on right in front of you, yep. what difference does it make? Yep. You may never get down the yep. road. 
I always said when people would ask me what I want to do, I, I knew when I was in college that I wanted to help young people. Right. I didn't know that was my what. I didn't know what, how I was actually going to do it or in what capacity I was going to do it. So I've always, just, always said the next thing I just hope gives me a, a, a greater influence to, to do good for my community. That, that's, all, that's the only requirement I've ever had is that the next thing will give me a, bigger, a better platform to influence and try to do good for my community that I love so much. Well, you know, I think you're off to a great start, young man, because right. to me, just off of what you've shared with me so far, I'm just really, really impressed because those type of jobs don't come open very often, mm -hmm. and the way that you went about getting these jobs mm -hmm. is very rare. I mean, people fill out applications and send in resumes yeah, and, yeah. and hope. And, yeah. and well, well, part of it for me, I, I've always been focused on the mission. And it's, it's, for me, it's never been about me. It's about, it's about the community and the, and the people and the work. And I just find a way to, to, to be in service. And I always feel like every job you do, you're also learning. And there's some things you have to learn so that you can be ready for the next opportunity when it comes. Right. And right. so I always I try to embrace the challenge in every opportunity because that's where I'm learning something. And you learn, you have to learn whatever that is that's going on in this job so that for the next one come, you'll be ready. Well, I'll say this, man. Just on what you shared, I mean, that's that's impressive. Now, I know being uh, exactly, what is your title again for the? Chief of Staff. Chief of Staff for the yep. mayor. Yep. I know there are a lot of things you cannot discuss, and right. we, we're not going to touch yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I will say this. Just to have that title. Yeah. There's a lot of responsibilities come with that. Yes, yes. I mean, and I, I, I like I said, I have no clue what all that entails. Yeah. yeah. But I, uh, again, I'm honored that that you took time out of your day to come and share this with me. I got some more questions, yeah. but they won't be about your current situation. All <laughs> yeah, right. I appreciate I, that. Yeah. <laughs> We're not trying to make you unemployed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate we, that. But I, I want people to see that coming from Lincoln. And the way you came up, mm -hmm. you're still productive. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just very fortunate. I, my parents were awesome, you know, and uh, my dad, who who died a, a year and a half ago, uh, sorry at, for at your the, loss. At the age of ninety, he was he was very influential. My my mom was very influential, and then I was just fortunate that I had a, a number of community members who also took me under their wing, right, and said, "Hey, we see something in you. You know, we want we want you to make sure that that you don't waste this opportunity." I got to ask you a question, but yeah. just thinking about it now that I'm thinking, growing up in Lincoln, man, I, everybody in your class wasn't productive. Now that's true. So That's 100% true. Yeah, so there was a lot of, uh, yeah. I'm trying to be nice and politically correct here, but there was a yeah. lot of things going on that yeah, there probably was. wasn't above board. Yeah. How I did mean, you avoid that? One, I was scared to death of my dad. <laughs> I mean, literally. I mean, my dad had hands that were like, it, it looked like they were photoshopped onto his body with because <laughs> they were just ginormous. And I used to say, I "Look, I, I ain't scared of the cop. I'm scared of my dad." Yeah. You know? And so, and he was always there. Um, and so that was that was important. But I used to tell when I talk to young people later on, looking back, uh, life is all about choices. Right. When you get right down to it, it's all about choices, and every choice has a consequence. And being an adult, a responsible person, I means you f you face the consequence of those choices. So I learned that lesson very early. But I had, when I left Lincoln High and I went to Nebraska Wesleyan, and there was a few of us that went to college, but there was a number of us that, in my group, in my, in my crew, my associates that went and did time in prison. Right. You right. know, so, um, and I'm still cool with all of them. Right. Like, the one thing about, about, about growing up where I, like, I got, I mean, I, I, was, I was over at the courthouse the other day and saw one of my old colleagues who I grew up with, and, 
You know, he was there in court telling me about some situation. And, right, you know, right. he had no idea what I do now. And I was just, it was just as good to see him as anything, you know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and so, you know, people, I always think that uh, a lot of the people I grew up with that, that found themselves in trouble, one of the things that's the saddest to me is they had, in many cases, way more talent than I did. They just didn't have the same support system to help them make the right choices. Right. And so, um, I mean, some of the most talented people, as, as you know, are behind bars. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you talk about some talented to people. And and so some of the choices that, that they made just because they didn't have the support or the direction or, or the belief in themselves or whatever. You made a very uh, interesting statement. I have had the opportunity to be behind mm-hmm. bars several times. And one thing I will definitely admit to is I met some of the smartest people absolutely that I know to this absolutely. day in prison yeah I used to go out and do a, a program in the prison with James Jones and we would meet with these these folks who were inmates and if you didn't if I there was times where I listened to them handle business in a meeting and I would think if I if I didn't know any better I think I was at an IBM board meeting the way these, these oh men yeah conducting their business oh absolutely I mean? and, um and the other thing about it, one of the things I appreciate about you that I wanted to make sure I, I said to you publicly is the thing, you are an illustration of what I believe is the truth in life, is that whatever we go through in life, especially the tough stuff, especially the challenges, the purpose for that, the purpose for that is so that when we get the other side, we can then reach back and help people going through similar situations and keep them from doing through that. And your life is a testament to doing that. Well, that's that's you. what you've, you've done. Um and every time I see you, that's what you're talking about. How, did, how can you give back to? You were talking about that before we came into the studio. About right. How you could go in and how you could prevent people from making the choices you made. And that's and I think that's the, the secret. There's no shame in what we go through in life, especially the challenges. If, if we find that the purpose and that pain of, of reaching back and helping other people navigate that. Well, I, first of all, thank you for you the know. compliment. I mean, I don't get a lot of those type of compliments right. because people are too busy waiting on the other shoe to drop. Right, right. You know, and, and that's fine. Yeah. I need them to keep doing that yeah. because that's the inspiration not to do it. Yeah. But what I will say is this. I think it's real important that I continue doing what I do. Absolutely. And I'm not going to stop. But we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back on the Get You Happy on Hour on 93.7 The Ticket. Don't y'all go nowhere. Your happy on hour featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. Well, we're back. Glad you guys stayed with us. I see we got Shauna Mayberry and Brad Taylor down there in Fortney, Texas. Man, I appreciate y'all chiming in. Kim Kelly, you listening? That's what's up. I see you giving my boy TJ a shout out. You know, I appreciate when people take time out of their busy day to, to, to tune into the show because everybody's got stuff going on and for people to, to make time to, to watch the show and listen into the show it, it really is special to me and I just want you to know I don't take that for granted so thank you guys man I appreciate you you know before the break we was talking about <clears throat> me wanting to help yeah uh, now I want everybody else to know this what I'm doing yeah I'm basically I know this guy's job title so 
I'm putting in a little plug for myself, and I'm asking you to at least throw my name in the hat. Yeah, yeah. When opportunities come to give back and to help, man, yeah. because this is what I love doing, and it just means a lot to me. The more people of influence mm-hmm. that uh, that speak of you, I think it helps. Sure. You know, uh, like the you was talking about those breakfasts with certain people, yeah. led to opportunities. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm trying to look at our situation as that sure. potential sure. opportunity. So, everybody, I got witnesses. I asked. <laughs> so, <laughs> but now, we was talking about what you can't talk about is fine. I get it. But I'm just saying, is there anything you can share about, like, your day? What's a typical day look like for you? Mm-hmm. Well, I mentioned to you, I, I get up early. Okay. I'm an early riser. Alarm goes off at 445 during the week. Okay. And I have a routine where I, I, I read all kinds of news. Okay. Uh, because in my role, it's very important to know what the news is going on locally and nationally because it all impacts what's happening. Um, I usually do a little workout. I'm usually at my desk by 730. Okay. And my day involves a lot of meetings. There's a lot of meetings and a lot of interaction with people. Um, as the chief of staff, I supervise all the city directors. So okay. they're 13. Um, How many of them is there? 13 city 13. directors. Wow. So, you're, so you're talking about like the chief of police, the fire chief, parks and rec, all that. And then I supervise the staff in the office. And then I'm just in a lot of meetings and, you know, trying to help the mayor make the So, service. So your day starts basically, I mean, well, it starts well before, but I'm yeah. going to say you're in the office at 730. Yeah. What time do you get out of there? I try to leave at 530. Yeah. You know, I try it to shoot. Don't always it doesn't work. always work like that. And so, <laughs> you know, you just kind of accept when you sign into a role like this that, that, that you're working a lot and that you're always yeah. – you're always on call because you never know what's, what's going to come up. And that's something I was going to ask you, too, because it seemed like to me the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're going they're, they're calling the mayor. Yeah. You know? Well, and I'll be honest. I mean, you know, you think about, uh, for me, when I was making the decision about did I want to accept this offer, it was scary. The idea was scary to, to go into this role. But as you, as you talked about, I'm from Lincoln. And so the opportunity to serve and to try to to do some good work on behalf of the 300,000 residents, my friends, my neighbors of Lincoln was was worth stepping out and trusting. And I think part of it, why I just I've come to understand in my three months in this role is that there's no way you can know everything. Right. There's just no way you can know everything. But I I try to I try to trust my instincts in terms. I think as a as a as a leader, you have to be a listener. So I try to listen and understand, and then I try to get the right people in the right place, the right people in the room to to make sure we hear from them as we're making decisions. You know, that's got to be a stressful job in a way because, I mean. Not in a way. It's just stressful. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I mean, to, it's I was just trying stressful. To make it, I was trying to be nice yeah, about it, but no, I'm just saying because, you know, you're dealing with the public. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes the public, they have limited information. Yeah, that's right. They only know what the part that affects them. Yep. They can't, you know, and yep. you know, and I understand, you know, everybody's important. I'm yep. not, I'm yep. not trying to downplay that. Every voice matters. Yeah, but but when you're trying to govern, yeah, would you say three hundred thousand? Three hundred thousand in the population of Lincoln. So man, yeah. When anytime you're in a leadership position, you're gonna make decisions. That's that's part of it. And a lot of what we do, and a lot of a lot of leadership, a lot of politics is. And this is why it's so tricky is you're, you're making decisions about allocating limited resources. Gotcha. That's what you get down to it. Yeah. You, we're talking about allocating limited resources. As an example, you have so much money to fix roads. 
So you're making decisions about which roads are you fixing right. and trying to do right. that in an equitable way, in a way that, that services every part of the, of the city. And so that's, that's what the job is in a lot of respects. When you get down to it, it's, it we're making decisions about the allocation of limited resources. And, and that's a challenging Man, thing. Yeah, I'm just going to keep it real with you, dude. That's stressful. It's, it, it is. Yeah, like I said, yeah. there ain't no way to yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, it is just plain old-fashioned stressful. Yeah, because I'm just saying because, uh, like, for example, I am on the outside looking in, but just with lo- limited knowledge that I have, mm-hmm. I see, like, the little town hall meetings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and everybody's got a point. Yeah, yeah. Or everybody has a case that yeah. they think yeah. is more important than the next. Yeah. And those uh, sometimes those debates get kind of heated. Oh, man, sometimes. A lot of times. So, <laughs> and that is, and, you know, and it's a tricky time to, to be in this line of work because we have gotten so contentious. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and um I, I just believe that you try to listen and you try to form uh, collaborative partnerships with people. And uh, and this work, I, I often say in this line of work, and I actually learned it from an interview in Black Enterprise like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was a contestant who had been on actually on, on The Apprentice. And uh, he talked about one of his big learnings from that. And it's something that's really served me well in this role is in, in, this, in this work, I, I don't see the world in terms of friends and enemies. Because sometimes you know, our friends are our permanent categories and sometimes our friends don't have our best interests. Right. And sometimes right. somebody we're saying is our enemy does have our best interests at heart. So I, I come to see it really in this work and it's, it's so helpful to me. It's helped me keep myself grounded is that in this work you see it, you have a, you have opponents and allies and on some issues, your opponents and on other issues, your allies. But, but that's a, a dynamic thing. Like you and I, right. today might be opponents on this issue and tomorrow we might be allies on another one. Right. And just understanding that, in all these cases, we're all trying to, to make the best decisions we can, and keeping the emotions out of it, and, tr- though. and trying to keep them, and trying to keep it from being personal. Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm like, oh, sometimes, you know, and like I said, I'm on the outside looking yeah. in. Yeah, people come to these meetings, mm-hmm. city council meetings or whatever, and boy, they they are serious. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, and then they attack you like you are the one that can actually do it when right. You're you may be in charge of sending someone yeah, or yeah. or sending it to someone that can do it, yeah. but they make it seem like TJ can fix this, yeah. and he knows because he grew up, especially the ones that say they know you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I like to believe that it's important to build what I call uh, relational deposits. So you, I, I want to try a, a relationships and partnerships with a, a wide array of people in the city so that when an issue happens, when a problem arises, we can figure out how to solve the problem instead of vilifying each other as people. Correct. And what happens too often in, in, our, in our society today, instead of really focusing on how do we solve the problems together, we start to vilify each other. You know, I've, I've seen that happen so much. That, I think that was kind of what I was getting to mm-hmm. when we before the show we was just visiting. Yep. And I understand that negativity Yeah. Boy, it, it gets a lot of coverage it and does. a lot of traction. It does. So, I mean, if you got all this going before you get to the meeting, yeah, it right. just spills over into the meeting. Yeah. And then then you got problems there. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm not on any social media. And, and, I noticed that yeah, because, I, yeah, because I was looking for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on any social media. <laughs> one, one, because it's a time suck. But, but two, I mean um, – people can come out of pocket on social media quick, Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and 
You know, I'm, I don't want that negativity. Right. You know, and I call them keyboard gangsters. Okay, yeah, that's, that's very appropriate. <laughs> it's very appropriate. Yeah, they're real tough behind that. Yeah. that them keyboards. You yeah, know? yeah, and 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 sometimes it just becomes so much noise. Mm-hmm. You know, so much noise, and and for me, it's, I just try to understand the issue as best I can. And then make sure we got the right people weighing in on the decision so we can make the best decision possible for people, Lincoln. You know, I'll say this, man. That's That's got to be a demanding job on a daily basis because I understand, and I'm pretty sure I know you understand the things that you must do. Yeah. But it's those unexpected yeah. things that come up out of nowhere yeah. that you're expected to handle Yeah. and neck break speed. Yeah. And and that is what you know. You you wake up in the morning and saying, "This is what my day is gonna look like," and then by nine o'clock, something happened, and your day is totally different. <laughs> you know, and so you just have to you just have to be flexible and adaptable, and you know, you, you just have to kind of you have to have a, a a certain grounding to right. be secure in. And and there's some there's some rough days. There's some days where like you know my confidence gets shook. Like man, maybe maybe I ain't, I shouldn't be in this role, but. Um, but each day I'm in it, I get a little more, a little more confidence in terms of, you know, I can do this, and we got a good team, and it's it's not me doing it alone. You know what I mean? Right, and, right. And you know, just just trying to, really, just literally trying to make the city of Lincoln the best it can be for all 300,000 residents. Well, I tell you, 300,000 residents is a lot of people to keep happy. Yeah, yeah. So, I, and so you know, and that's. That's almost an impossible. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's almost impossible. I, mean, I know uh, people can't keep people in their own no. house happy. Yeah, you know, one of the things I always, I've, I've often said, too, is whenever you're in a leadership role, there's this risk that you, I call it paralysis by popularity. Gotcha. So you want to be popular, so you become paralyzed when it comes time to make a decision because you're worried that some people's not, somebody's not going to like it. Right. But anytime you're in a leadership role, you have to understand there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like it. Yeah, you can't And, some, and some, people, some people don't like it for valid reasons, right? There's, right, you know, right. There's something going on. And then there's other people that are going to just throw stones no matter what decision you make. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, it's wrong. Yeah, and so you just have to be, you just have to understand that's, that's how it works and just be okay with that and not let trying to be popular uh, cause you to be paralyzed because it make a tough decision. You know, I mean, it would be tough for anybody, but I think it would be a, extremely tough for a person that grew up here. Yeah. Because so many people have, uh, well, they think they have access right. to you or mm-hmm. they think they know you. Yeah. Well, a big part of the thing I have to always remember is I'm not, I'm not, the, I, I'm chief of staff of the mayor. I'm not the mayor. Correct. I'm not on city council. I, I don't have a vote on anything. And so, uh, you know, you have to also know, know, understand your role and right, not, and not right. get, get get out your pocket and think you're doing. And so, my I, I can help influence decisions, but mine mine is really to be in service to this, the the residents of Lincoln and, and the mayor. And uh, and so, yeah, I I do have and I I do see it as an asset that I know so many people, so many people yeah. know me. And I think uh, for for those who know me, one thing that really encourages me when when something tough has happened and I talk to somebody about it, they say, "Well, I just I just sleep a little better knowing you're over there helping make those decisions." Yeah, and so that makes that makes yeah, me feel good, right? You know, well, I mean, it's a rewarding job. It just comes with a lot of stress. A lot of stress, <laughs> and you know, I, I, I'm I'm trying to embrace the challenges, and I have some rough days, you know. Yeah, uh, but I'm trying to embrace the challenge because uh, my wife says there's there's going to be great benefit on the other side. Right. And, and for me, that just understanding that whatever I learn, uh, there's, there's the next thing is going to be, you know, even even more challenging. Yeah. And so, well, I was going to ask you this. I know how long you say you've been chief of staff? Uh, about three months. Three months. Yep. So basically, you're still f- f- 
kind of just getting used to yeah, this. Yeah, just getting that learn, get, trying to to learn and understand how to be the best chief of staff possible. Yeah. And how in, in terms of of serving the mayor and serving the, the residents of Lincoln in the best possible way. Well, I think you're the right person for the job. Well, I appreciate yeah, that. So you just going to have to, I guess you got to have the thick skin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and one of the things is, is you know, I, I, I work my butt off, you know, and I don't, sometimes folks get in these positions and they really enjoy the, the privileges or the, the kind of accolades that come with it. I, I don't really care about that. For me, it's about what's the responsibilities. Right. What, the accountability. And, you know, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, it's a great honor to be chief of staff, but that honor comes with a lot of responsibilities and, and a lot of weight. And so I, I really focus on what is it that I'm responsible for doing, and I don't take that lightly at all. I think that's smart because, see, a lot of times when people that are not in your position, mm-hmm. they have these expectations. Yeah. And and sometimes those expectations are unrealistic. Yeah, that's right. You know? That's right. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it's easy to say, well, oh, well, this is what he should do. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or this is what they should do. But when yeah. you actually have to try to figure out a way to implement that, yep. it puts a whole different life. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a different game. Yeah, it's yeah. totally different. Yeah. And I always had this saying from Texas, uh, hunting's not fun when the rabbit got the gun. Yeah, right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, that that is true. So now I know you just started this. Is this something that you want to do long term or are you, you just um, taking it day by day? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it now. And, yeah. and my, my philosophy is the same. I'm going to try to do it to the absolute best of my ability. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll see what happens next. There you go. You know, I, I, I will say I'm not at all interested in, in elected office at all. You're not? Mm-mm. Boy, you done done a lot of work, though. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I just want to be a servant in, in the community. And, and, and my, my grounding in that, in that servant mentality comes from when I was very little. I was, I was fascinated with the teachings of Martin Luther King Jr. And I had a poster that said, anybody can be great because anybody can serve. And so I, that's always been one of my focuses. Like, hmm. if I, you know, I, if I'm just serving, trying to find a way to make my little sphere of the world better, I can be great in that service. And that's always been my focus. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. It really does. Yep. Well, hey, we're going to take another quick break. Don't y'all go anywhere. We're going to come back with TJ McDowell on the Get Your Happy On Hour, 93.7 The Ticket. We'll be right back. Get your happy on hour featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. And we're back. Again, man, I, I just want to give a big shout out to everybody that's tuned in, man. It means so much to me. I see my big brother Odious Lee done chimed in, man. I don't think you guys really know how much I really appreciate when you guys let me know that y'all are tuned in and watching the show because again, I take nothing for granted. So the fact that you guys are taking time out of your busy days to to be a part of this it just makes me feel really good on the inside and I like to tell people that because sometimes we don't tell people things and then it's, it's like after the fact but anyways I will say this my guest has really educated me on a lot of things tonight so I was re- I'm really kind of curious to see uh, what he has to say about this next question I have uh, 
I had the pleasure of going to to Mary Ellen's to a, a Saturday, I think it's the first Saturday of every month of mm-hmm. breakfast. I, I would like for you to just take a few minutes, man, and explain exactly how that started and what that's about. Yeah, yeah. So you attended uh, the black male, what we call the black male leadership breakfast. Okay. And we started that. So uh, Benny Shobe, who's on the city council, and I, uh, and actually, really, Benny started it. He used to, he used to text me on a Saturday morning, like seven thirty, and say, "Hey, you available for breakfast?" And we'd go to breakfast. And he'd always joke that it was the, that it was a black male leadership breakfast. And so we started, uh, we started doing that. I was working at the university, and I kept meeting, I kept meeting these black men who had came to the community who were moved here from other places. I don't, I don't ever see any black men. So we expanded it out, and so we we do it on the first. Started in 2019, November 2019. Okay. Uh, the first time we did it, we had about 20 brothers coming, and now we got about 180 some brothers on that list. Now, what is again? Explain the purpose of it. The purpose though? is just to get uh, black men together for networking, a fellowship, information sharing. So we just want brothers. And so we 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 gather. We have some fellowship. We eat breakfast. We do introductions, and part of the introductions is you know who you are what you do and how long you've been in Lincoln. And so you have you have brothers like myself who've been here our whole life. And then you also you know we have one this last time we had one of the brother been here for three weeks. And so they come to work at the university or come to work professionally, whatever they come to do and and it's open to any brother uh, on that first Saturday. Wow. You know, I I really I mean I had the opportunity yeah. and I really enjoyed it and it was it was kinda inspiring for me. Yeah. Uh, I think you got one coming up this week. Yeah, this Saturday. This yeah. coming yeah. Saturday. And and the whole the whole point really is is for that mentoring and to, and to learn from one another. You know, okay. and in Lincoln, you know, the diversity is such that, you know, you can go your whole day without seeing anybody who look like you as if you're a black man. Correct. And so this is an opportunity for you just to see someone who looks like you and have some conversation and have some have some fellowship and and just kind of be supported and encouraged. How long has this been going on again? We started in November 2019. 2019 yeah. so right took before little, covid took a little pause over covid mm-hmm. and then we got it back up and running and we've been been going strong now for a little while well i um i won't be able to attend this week i i'm hoping to be in my hometown oh okay greenville texas um, yeah <clears throat> we have our annual college here reunion big shout out to college here reunion in greenville texas <laughs> so uh but other than that i'm gonna try to see if i can make it okay as, as often as i can yeah yeah it's 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 one of my favorite events we do. It's just it's always so so cool to see. You know, and you talk about that idea of, of positivity. It's it's so often the narrative around black men is negative. All the time, yeah. Yeah, you're not you know for all kinds of different narratives about that. But that that to me just counters that narrative so powerfully when you see this right. group of of black men who are all uh, leaders in whatever their various fields, and and then, and we have like we have elders who are retired. Like Albert Maxey Sr. and Joe Cashmer and Mike Foltz and, you know, yes. elders who, who've yes. been around for a long time. And then we have some kids who, who undergrads in college. Right. You know, it's that whole spectrum. And, and it's just it's just really positive. And it's, that's all it's about. It's just about positivity. Well, just keep doing that, yeah. man, because I think that's important. Now, you know, I got to ask this question, too. <clears throat> this may be my final question okay. for tonight. <laughs> It's no secret that I love to get my happy on, y'all. Everybody knows that. Everybody know I can't dance. It's, it's, it's well documented. 
But that's how I get my happy on. After listening to all the responsibilities that you have, I'm just kind of curious to know when you do get a, a little downtime, which I'm pretty sure isn't much, mm-hmm. how do you get your happy on, man? You know, I'm very fortunate. My, you know, my family, okay. you know, my, my children and my grandchildren, my wife, my mom. And then I have I have a, a, a nucleus of of friends who are like family. Gotcha. You know, and, and some of that, some of those friends, uh, you, you know, have known me since before I was somebody to know. Right. You know, so knew me before I was chief of staff or the mayor. Right, so right. You know what I mean? And so it's always good to have some of them people in your life who just knew you um, and, and, and love you, loved you then. Right. And so... Because uh, you know, I'm not making new friends right now. You know, that's at just at that point in my life, I'm not I'm not in my job to make new friends, and so uh, it's just very important to have that spend that time with those family and friends. I like to I like to work out, um, you know, run and bike and swim, and and uh, yesterday I was watching movies with my grandkids, and uh, my wife and I, she's a, a great cook, so we have this little routine where she cooks at at the end of the day, and and I sit at the counter, and then. We get done eating. I do the dishes, and she sits at the counter. <laughs> and, then, okay. and then we and then we have our little time, watch our little shows. But we we can't watch shows for too long because we go to bed at or you know eight forty five, nine o'clock. Well, I got I got to be honest with you. When you said you get up and think at four forty four forty five, I I kind of smile because I for the last fourteen years I've been getting up at three a.m. every morning. Oof. So I was like, well. Four forty-five. That's that's pretty good. The, the day is half over. Four forty-five. You get up at three. <laughs> well, usually by daybreak, I need a nap. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but my thing is this, man. I feel like getting up early mm-hmm. is is beneficial. I think it's smart. Yeah. And I think it gives you a great jump on the day. Yeah. Because a lot of times people oversleep. Yeah. And you can see it when they're trying to get to wherever yeah. they're trying to get to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're driving a little. Yeah. Erratic. You yeah. know, they're they're just they're doing way too much. Yeah. I like I like to say I like to ease into my day. Yes. And so I like to read the news and, you know, have a little coffee and just kinda ease into my day because I know oftentimes once I once my day is actually fully started it's gonna be hectic. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know the thing is at least you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it catches you up by surprise. Right, right. <laughs> you, you know the minute you got to even start thinking about work, Yeah. you're going to have to have your, your your head on right. Yeah, you got to have the head on right. Yeah, you can't be half sleep or... That's right. Because they looking for an opportunity to catch you slipping. That's right. You know, I just, again, man, I'm just really thankful for everybody that tuned in. Um, extremely thankful for you, TJ, for... Oh for coming in, you know. I know I kept you up a little bit past your bedtime tonight. I appreciate you making that sacrifice. Yes, sir. That's a a huge sacrifice to make, man. I look at it as you helping out a friend. Yes, sir. So you're still serving. Yes, sir. And that's a good thing. I want to, I want to wrap this show up with a, with a couple of thoughts. Uh, One of them is, man, PMA, treat people the way you want to be treated. Do not expect it in return. That's the key to that. Because when you expect it in return and you don't get it, it makes it very easy for you to become negative too. And another thing is, every day that you are blessed to see, look at it as another day in paradise. No matter what, just get your happy on for no reason. And I always say it like this. Every day you blessed to see, you got to get your happy on, and then I do it like this. I want everybody to be positive, man. The world has negativity already covered. 
We don't need any help. Thanks again for everybody that tuned in. And, hey, we'll see you again next week, maybe from Texas. Thank you. We gone, y'all.